as uh, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, reminds us, our only purpose is the ending of suffering uh, for all beings. And while all beings obviously includes us, the um, ending of our own suffering may be said to be secondary. This is implied in the Bodhisattva vow, of course. It's, it is said that uh, upon his awakening, Shakyamuni Buddha announced that he and all beings simultaneously attained awakening, or maybe something like, I attain a awakening with all beings. And uh, even though over the uh, ensuing millennia, the uh, the um, news has gotten out still uh, for many 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 sentient beings suffering remains obdurate You may have noticed this. We'd uh, like to end suffering once and for all for every sentient being. But in the meantime, uh, we may have to settle for what looks like a more uh, limited uh, impact.
the practice of uh, Buddha Way, the study of Buddha Dharma, enables um, uh, enables a kind of sharing of experience. with beings that uh, we may encounter who may be suffering and enables a um, maybe a uh, cutting through of that cloud for them Uh, when uh, we meet them. Uh, in a uh, place where our own suffering has been cut through. So you, you can see that, um, for instance, uh, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, has this effect on people. And he, um, you know, he's very, very likely to greet people you know, meet, meet people with a, you know, a winning smile and some you know, immediate affection and people meet him there. And in so doing, their, or I should say, suffering is uh, cut through. Uh, if on such occasions the um, that uh, cutting through uh, seems to be temporary, well, it's okay. Maybe the next time it won't be. Even so, uh, you know, 
periodically somebody will ask him, do, do you hate the Chinese? And he, he invariably says, no, no, I don't hate the Chinese. He says, sometimes uh, angry. And he said something that was uh, almost exactly the same thing that Suzuki Roshi said about, you know, if there is going to be anger, you know, it should be like, uh, a maybe a clap of thunder and then finish, no residue. So his holiness says, sometimes my, uh, my assistants, maybe they do something wrong and I shout, but then finish, no more, no residue. So these are some of the effects of uh, Dharma practice. Even though um, you could see that this sort of um, this uh, way of being in the world, where we pay some, we take some care of our interactions with other beings, this uh, qualifies as meeting Buddha's. Prescription. Uh, you know, it's a very, very well known formula where basically we cultivate good and refrain from evil. So uh, even though that is the case, in our lineage, uh, we don't uh, frame things in exactly that way. Because for us, We are taught, and it is necessary, to see that good and evil 
are without own being and therefore cannot be grasped. And although it may appear otherwise, our precepts are rooted in that perception, that understanding of reality. And when we speak of Confession and repentance, which is part of our way of practice. We're actually talking about the ungraspability of good and evil. This uh, perception is rooted in our practice of just sitting. practice transforms our, uh, our way of being in the world so that at least some of the time we can meet other beings in a place of no suffering, if only for a moment. But such a moment is you know, is a great relief. So, uh, our, our plan uh, is to have a retreat at the end of the month and a particular time uh, to practice our way and maybe it'll happen but maybe it won't it takes uh, quite a lot of energy and the reason to have such a retreat is to gather let the sangha gather together to practice our way together. But uh, if for whatever reason that can't happen, well, it's all right. We'll continue our way anyhow. The idea is not to have Uh, attractive and entertaining events 
that is to practice the Buddha way together in whatever way is possible. We invite others, maybe some people we haven't even met yet, to join in. But uh, whether they come or not, our essential responsibility does not change. remains the ending of suffering. I don't know, maybe we, uh, maybe it's easy for us to forget that in, in the, in the Zen school, they don't talk about that so often. As I told you, I have taken up the practice of reciting the vow of Samantabhadra Bodhisattva uh, every night before sleep. And also, uh, usually at the in inception of any uh, practice time, I think I've invited others to take up that practice too. I don't know if anybody does. No one has said to me that they do. But uh, I always begin practice by saying that I dedicate the merit of this practice to the awakening of all beings. And as you know, Samantabhadra's vow is, as long as space and sentient beings remain, so too may I remain to dispel the misery of the world. And that's a tall order, but that's what we got. Uh, today we want to uh, honor and commemorate our uh, founder, uh, Isan, with a short ceremony after the talk. Uh, so uh, I don't want to go on too long. Also, I'm not feeling very well again today. And uh, my poor brother is still in hospital. So I think I won't talk too long.
uh, still, you're welcome to ask some question or comment if you wish. Earlier in the talk, you were um, mentioning how good and evil is ultimately ungraspable. I've experienced recently a lot of pain within my body around the actions of others, and I see how quickly I label those actions, their behaviors, as not necessarily evil, but coming from that direction. And I was wondering if you could offer any insight on how to work with that particular experience to take some of the intensity out of it, um, according to the Buddhist teachings, you know, how, how to navigate that skillfully to keep, to keep the house. Well, uh, you know, the circumstances are going to be different. So much so that there isn't any necessarily a rule of thumb. But, uh, you know, our response or my response in such a situation um, might be to be angry or resentful. And the body-mind has the capacity to allow such a wave to arise and pass very quickly without becoming hung up on it and adding to it and perpetuating it. And to see that, to see that that is true, sometimes requires some cultivation like sitting practice or what have you. May not be enough just to hear that, although maybe for some people it is. So utilize all of that space that the body-mind comprises, which is basically limitless, and let whatever the waves are, rise and pass. Of course, ideally, we'd love it if there were no waves. But, you know, as we, in Zen, we say, jokingly, I'm not holding my breath for that. Try to have the presence to allow all of that space to be utilized as necessary for the wave to arise and sweep away. And then see what's there. And sometimes anyway, what's there may be, uh, please don't do that. Or if you do that again, I really don't want to spend time with you, for instance. So it's like, okay, well, that's all right. And when that, if that can happen from, you know, a degree of clarity, that's good. Mm-hmm. That is the response, and that is being helpful mm-hmm. to the other. 
yeah. person. Thank you. That's a big topic, of course. So, maybe that will do for now. Thank you all for practicing Buddha's way.